Somebody lift up a shout on Jesus in the house. Come on, somebody lift up a shout right now. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, oh God. We've come to magnify you in the house on a Sunday afternoon. Praise God, praise God, praise God. There's no place I'd rather be. I just come to tell somebody, if you're a visitor in this house, if you're a saint of God, if you've been coming to the same church for a long time, if this is your first day or this is your 50th year, there is no place like the house of God. I want to tell you that you've come to the right place today. Amen. Amen. What an honor it is to be here. I am just glad to be in God's house and with God's people. What wonderful people. And I'm glad that God connected me with this church, my family with this church, our church with this church. I believe that we're connected together and we're going towards the same goal and the same destiny. We want to see lives change. We want to see people set free and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to endeavor to do that today. Turn to your Bibles, Exodus, I mean uh, Esther chapter, chapter 2, the book of Esther chapter 2 have to excuse me I've been in these exilic prophets and exiles and so this is in my spirit we're going to preach it out today Esther chapter 2 while you're turning there again let me say what an honor it is to be here anybody thankful for your pastor and his family amen what great leadership what anointed leadership they are doing a great work and God is helping them here and I'm excited about what God is doing I'm excited to see what God is going to continue to do. The best is yet to come. If you believe that, say amen. The best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. So looking forward to what God does. I have had an incredible time here. Unfortunately, my time is coming to a close, so we got one more swing at it today. And I'll tell you, I'm swinging for the fences today. I just... I just want somebody's life to be changed. I want somebody to walk out of here never to be the same again today. So I believe I've got a word for, God, for God's people today. Amen. My, my family sends their greetings. They're home in Birmingham, and they are praying for me. My little girl Wednesday night was praying for the Holy Ghost, and so I'm so excited about what God's doing at home. I believe when, when Daddy gets home, if she doesn't get it tonight, we're going to pray tomorrow, and I believe God will fill it with the Holy Ghost, and we're going to baptize her probably this week. And so I'm excited about that. God's doing great things. God's doing great things. Exodus, I mean, Esther, chapter 2. Maybe I need to be in the book of, of Exodus. Man, God, you want me to shift? We will shift. I'll follow you. Esther, chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 21. When you got it, say Amen. Bible says in those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthane and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king. And the thing was known to what the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther the queen, and the and, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out that there were that there were they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the chronicles before the king. If you would quickly uh, flip over to Esther chapter six, we'll begin reading in verse one. The Bible says, "On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king." 
And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthane and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hands on the king. The king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the, the king's servants that ministered unto, them, unto him, There is nothing done for him. Verse 1, the Bible says, On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. For just a couple moments, I want to preach to you on this thought, the book of records. The book of records. If you can, put your Bibles down. Let's pray all over this house. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody begin to cry out to God right now. Somebody begin to lift up the name of Jesus. I want everybody praying in the sanctuary right now. Lift up your voice right now. Somebody lift him up right now. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, oh God. We magnify your holy name, God. You're worthy to be praised, oh God. We need you more than we've ever needed you before, oh God. God, come in this place, oh God. Can Continue to do, oh God, what you started in this house. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Jesus, you're my strength and my redeemer. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time as you're seated. Amen. The book of records. Many years after the Babylonian exile of God's people from their land, as we understand that some Jews returned to Jerusalem, people like Ezra and Nehemiah, who would rebuild the temple and repair the walls, there were still Jews who did not return to Jerusalem, but were scattered throughout different provinces of Persia. And there were some who settled in Shushan, the capital city of the ancient Persian Empire, exiles in a foreign land. And the book of Esther is not like many other books in the word of God. It is a unique book, perhaps a peculiar book. The book of Esther is one of the only ones in the Bible that does not make mention of God. And many has, have questioned its validity and its place within the word of God. But although there is no mention of God, we no doubt to see his handiwork throughout the pages of the book of Esther. And God is intentional about his word everything that he put in the book we can take from it and we can glean from it and God's trying to teach us something by his word and I'm thankful for the word of God is anybody thankful for God's word today and as the story goes the king dismissed the queen from her position and now he was on a search for his new queen and they would begin to gather young ladies from all provinces of the kingdom and from these young ladies he would find his queen and the Bible would introduce a certain Jew a man whose name was Mordecai and Mordecai had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity of Babylon and with him was a young lady by the name of Esther, his cousin who he raised as a daughter. And the Bible says that Esther was also brought to the king's house and Esther was chosen queen. And the Bible says that the king loved her above all the women and he set the royal crown upon her head. But Esther did as Mordecai commanded and she didn't reveal that she was a Jew. And in Esther chapter 2 in our text, he talks about two men that were going to kill the king and the thing was known to Mordecai and he told it to his cousin Esther and Esther uh, 
Esther certified the king in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition of the ma- was made of the matter, it was found out, therefore, that they both were hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. But there was a man, there was ad- an adversary, opposition to the people of God, a man by the name of Haman, the enemy of God's people. And Haman hated Mordecai, and Haman hated the Jews. And right after the good deed of Mordecai, the Bible says that Haman was promoted and advanced his seat and was set above all that were in the kingdom. And Haman would stand against the people of God. And let me stop for just a minute and tell you, like we talked about last week, that there will always be opposition against the people of God. There will always be an adversary. There will always be something, somebody pressing up against the church of the living God. I come to tell somebody that if you're not feeling tension, then maybe you're not doing anything worth uh, worth fighting for. But when you feel some tension or some adversity coming up against you, then you need to rest assured that we're doing something great. And when you're doing something great, there's going to be people that try to stop you. But you've just got to stand with God and you've got to understand understand that God's going to see a victory, that God's going to see us through. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate, Bible says that they had to bow and reverence Haman as the king would command. But Mordecai didn't bow. And I believe today that we still live in a time where we shouldn't bow down to the world, where we shouldn't bow down to the enemy, where we shouldn't bow down to anything but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I come to tell somebody that you got to learn how to stand against the adversity. You got to learn how to stand against every trial. You've got to learn how to stand against the enemy that'll come against the church. But what causes a man not to bow in extreme adversity? What would cause a man to be able to stand firm in his position, unwavering with all of the pressure that's coming up against him, with all of the adversity that's coming up against him? Mordecai lived in a time where he was a stranger in a foreign land. He was one of few in that time that was living in that day. And so there was a lot of pressure. All of the people would say, are you going to bow today, Mordecai? And he would say, no, sir, I'm not going to bow. They would ask him again. Why won't you bow? And he would say, you don't understand. Oh, king, live forever. But I serve the one true living God, and he's the only one worthy of bowing to. We serve a God. What would cause a man to be able to stand against extreme opposition? What would cause a man to be able to hold firm to his position? What would cause a man to be able to be unmoved when everything is moving against him? I would propose to you today that you've got to have your identity in check and you've got to make up in your mind that you know who you are and when the going gets tough and when the pressure comes up against you, you've already made a decision that I'm going to stand for God. You've already made a decision that I'm going to live for God you've already made a decision that I'm not gonna bow down 
talked about it a little bit last Sunday, but there were three Hebrew boys in the same time frame by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to dedicate the golden image. And so they said, you know what we're going to do? At the sound of the music, we're going to dedicate this golden image. He said, I want everybody to bow down when you hear the music. He said, if you don't bow down, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So they run the track. They play the music, and the music begins to play. And everybody bows down, but they look off into the distance, and there was three that didn't bow down. And this is a place where this is a dangerous situation to put yourself in. It's easy, hear me today, it's easy to conform to what everybody else is doing. It would have been so easy for them to just blend in with the crowd and be like everybody else. But can I preach to you today that God didn't create you to be like everybody else, but God created you to be great. God created you to be different. God created you to be special in the kingdom of God. And the king walks up. And he says to him, he said, man, maybe you didn't hear the sound of the music. He said, you know what I said in my decree? I said, if you don't bow down, then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Maybe you didn't hear it. And so I'm going to give you another chance. And they said, don't waste your time, king. Don't waste your time. Oh, king, live forever. But we're still not going to bow. I know you may have a fiery furnace, but I've got a God who's able to bring me out. I've got a God who's able to break the chains. I've got a God. I've got a God. And so he said, he said, we're not going to bow. He said, we've got a God that is able to deliver us. Anybody serve a God that's able to deliver? Anybody serve a God that's able to set you free? Anybody serve a God that's able to make a way when there seems to be no way? My back was against the wall, and I couldn't go left, and I couldn't go right. But God stepped in right on time and made a way out of no way. Does anybody got a testimony today that knows what it is to not know where to go? But God stepped in. They said, our God, he's able to save us. And then they say these words, and you got to get this in your spirit today. They say, but even if he doesn't, when you're standing in a place of extreme opposition and everything is at stake, but you get an attitude like these three boys that were away from everything that they had known and culture was trying to get them to bow down and the king was trying to get them to bow down and they're standing against everybody. They had to just, oh, it would have been easy just to conform, but my word says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God when you hook up with God then you start looking at things and say that's not good for me to do I'm not gonna bow and they said even if he doesn't we've got a resolution in our spirit that we're still not gonna bow and he said you know what 
He got so upset at them. He said, you know what we're going to do? I want you to turn the fire up seven times hotter. He grabbed those three boys and he took them to the fire. And the Bible says that the, he got the strongest men in the army to go and take them and throw them into the fire. And the Bible says that the men that threw him in were burn, burned up. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire. And he said, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is going on? He said, my God. He said, I threw in three men. And he started to look into the fire. He started to look deep within the fire. And he's looking for the three men that he threw in. But he says, I don't three see three men, but I see four. And the fourth one's like the son of man. I come to tell somebody that even though you're in the fire, God's going to be in the fire with you. Even if you're going through the... You may be standing in the fire right now. You may be in a place of extreme opposition. You may feel the heat of the flames. But I come to tell somebody that God's going to be standing with you in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your trial. I come to tell a visitor today, you may not know this God, but you ought to get to know the God that I serve. My God will stand with me in the valley of the shadow of death. We serve a God that will stand with me in the valley but we also serve a God that'll stand with me on the mountaintop. God will stand with you in the fire. God will stand with you in the flood. God will stand with you. Bible says he pulled the men out of the fire. Bible says that when he pulled them out of the fire, they weren't burned, they weren't consumed. And then he says they ain't even smell like smoke. My God, my God, I want to serve that God. Take this world, but give me Jesus. Take this world with false religion. Take this world that will try everything else. I just come to propose to somebody. You ought to try Jesus today. You ought to try the Savior today. If you're dealing with addiction, the Savior is here. If you're dealing with anxiety and depression, the Savior is here. God's able to set you free today. Somebody clap your hands all over this house. I read in the word of God where there's only one that we're going to bow to. Every knee and every tongue shall confess. And if you never tried Jesus, today is your day. And this back and forth between Mordecai and Haman would escalate and Haman would be full of wrath. And Haman would order the Jews, the Jews to be killed and get the king to sign the decree. That at the appointed time, all the Jews would be destroyed without the king understanding that his own wife, the queen, was a Jew. Without him knowing that there were good people that worked for him around him that were Jews. He would sign this decree and they would send it to every province in Persia. And when Mordecai found out, the Bible says that he put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. And there was great mourning in every province that heard of the decree. And Esther was told her people would soon die. And she sent 
sent word to Mordecai saying, what should I do? Mordecai answered and said, you should go in unto the king and make supplication unto him for the people. And Esther began to explain the protocol. You don't understand, Mordecai, you don't understand. There's a law that states if I go in unto the king and he doesn't hold out his golden scepter, that I could die. And so this is a difficult situation for the queen. And Mordecai began to urge Esther not to hold her peace. And then he says the famous, most quoted, one of the most quoted scriptures or phrases in the word of God. He said, who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this and somebody in 2022 has to understand the times that we live in and know that maybe just maybe you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this she had a resolution in her spirit like the three she said I can't just sit back and be quiet the whole nation is at stake everybody is at stake I've got to stand I've got to go and do everything that you told me to do Mordecai there was a resolution in her spirit then Esther replied go and gather all the Jews that live in Chushan and fast for me she said don't eat or drink for three days I also and my maidens will fast and after I will go in unto the king and then she said these words she says if I perish I perish you've got to get a resolution in your spirit you've got to get absolutely convinced that this fight is a fight worth fighting you've got to get a resolution in your spirit that says the kingdom has to go forward the kingdom has to go on the kingdom has to continue to move Mordecai did all that Esther commanded him, and so Esther put on the royal apparel, and with fear and trepidation. It's not a person under the sound of my voice right now that's not experienced fear. And I preach about fear. And I preach that you shouldn't be fearful, but everybody's human if we're honest. And sometimes we get a little bit afraid, but there is something that is deeper than fear that if that, that Esther got a hold of. Esther got a hold of a thing that we call courage. And Esther understood that I may be fearful, but I just got to have some courage and courage my God. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the realization and understanding that there is something to fight for that is greater than my fear. I come to tell you today that you've got a fight that's worth fighting, that there's something to stand for. Mama, you got to fight for those babies. Daddy, you got to fight for those kids. You got to fight for that family. It is worth it today. And Esther, with all the courage that she can muster up, would stand in the inner court of the king. And the king sat on his throne. And when he saw her, he held out the golden scepter. And Esther touched the top of the scepter. And in Esther chapter 5, the Bible says, Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thou request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered and, and said unto him, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto a banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther had said. And so the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet, 
He said, what is thy petition? And it shall be granted unto thee even half of the kingdom. And what is thy request? And he she said, then Esther said, my petition and my request is this. If I have found favor in your sight, he said, she said, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to a banquet again tomorrow that I should prepare them and then Haman went forth that day joyful and with a glad heart but when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate that he stood not up or that he wouldn't move or that he wouldn't bow he was full of indignation against Mordecai Bible says that he refrained himself and when he came home he sent and called for his friends and he said you know what I've been granted all of these things in the kingdom. I've got houses. I've got children. I've got all of these things, he said. And I've been elevated above all of the kingdom. And he says all of these things. And you know what? There was one person besides the king and the queen that was invited to the banquet. And can you guess who it was? And Haman was, was full of pride. And he was full of arrogance. And he came into the house. And he said, I'm the only one that was invited to the banquet. Haman was full of himself. And then Haman said, he said, but I walk out of the kingdom. And I see Mordecai sitting in the king's gate. And I became full of wrath. And then his wife said, you know what you need to do? You need to create a gallows for Mordecai to hang on. You need to order him to be hung on the gallows. And so it pleased him. And they caused the gallows to be made. And Esther chapter 6 and verse 1 at our text. The Bible says on that night. The Bible says on that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles. And they were read before the king that night. There came a night where the king couldn't sleep. There came a night when the king lay tossing and turning. There came a night when he was trying to find a place of rest. He was trying to find a place of sleep. He was trying to find a place to lay his head down. But there came a night. There came a night and the king, he lay tossing and turning and trying to find a place of rest. He was trying to figure out how can I go to sleep? How can I get some rest tonight? And in that time, they would, they would get somebody to come and play music. They would get all types of things to be done. You know, in our time, when we can't get any sleep, we would count sheep. But I know what I'm talking about. When you can't sleep, you find something to do to pass the time so that you can get some rest. But I know that God's name is not mentioned in the text. But here we see God moving throughout the story. The Bible says on that night, the king couldn't sleep. And instead of counting sheep, you know what he did? He called for the book of records. And when they opened up that book, they opened it up to Mordecai's account. And they began to read in the pages of the book 
they begin to read of the good deed of Mordecai, how Mordecai saved the king's life, how Mordecai was the one that made sure the kingdom was intact. Mordecai had a servant's heart and Mordecai understood that he knew I've got to do something for the kingdom. The kingdom is at stake and so when he opened up that book, he began to read again about the good deed of Mordecai. And he asked him the question. He says, has anything been done for this man? And they said, no, we haven't done anything for Mordecai. And at the same time, there was somebody downstairs. And he said, who's in the court? And Haman was in the court. And Haman was coming to tell him about the gallows that he hung for the man Mordecai. And he said, Haman, I want you to come in. I want you to come in, Haman. Come in. I've, I've got somebody in my kingdom that the king delighteth to honor. And Haman thought to himself, who could he be talking about except for me, me, and did I mention me? Haman thought it was all about him. Haman had something in his heart that was prideful that said, it's all about me. He said, what should be done to this man? He said, you know what? Let me tell you what I would want. He said, I want you to get the king's apparel that the king wears and put it on his back. He said, get the royal crown that sits on the king's head and put it on his head. He said, and get the horse that the king rides on and put him on horseback and parade him through the city. He said, I want you to get one of your top princes. To array this man in the king's apparel. Get your top prince to put the crown on his head. Get your top prince to sit him on horseback and parade him through the city. It's all about Haman. It's all about me. The king says, that's a great idea. He said, I want you to do everything that you said. And he said, don't you leave anything out. But here's the kicker. He says, I want you to do all of that for Mordecai. I just come to tell somebody on a Sunday, you got to stop trying to fight your own battle. You got to stop trying to fight against your own enemy. You got to let God fight your battle. You got to let God work it out. You got to let God fight against your adversary today. And here Haman is walking through the city after he had arrayed him in the king's apparel. After he had put the crown on his head and after he put him on horseback, he's parading the man Mordecai, his enemy, throughout the city. And he's parading him in the streets and Mordecai is set upon high and Haman has to walk him through the city. Can I preach to somebody and tell you that you don't understand what's going on in your life, but little did you know that God would make your enemy your servant. I said God will make your enemy your servant. Don't you fight against your enemy. Let the Lord fight your battles. Don't you fight against those that come up against you. You got to let God do it today. Because God will do things that you can't even think of. 
Can you imagine sitting down and saying, this is what I want to do. I want to make sure that, no, it won't work. You let God do it. God can do it better than we can. God can do it greater than we ever can. And Mordecai is on high, and Mordecai is elevated, and Mordecai is in a place that he's never been before. Just got to follow me. We're going to take a couple turns today. But as Mordecai is paraded through the city, there is something about the man Mordecai that I want to preach into this church today. There is something that we find about Mordecai that if we can just get a hold of it, then I believe God can bless us and God can take us where we want to go. Mordecai is paraded through the city by his enemy and everything is going right and everything is looking up for Mordecai. But I read in the word of God ten times that there is a favorite place that Mordecai used to hang out. Bible says, your Bible says 10 times. It makes mention of a place that Mordecai spent his time. And the Bible says that Mordecai, you can find him in the king's gate. He was sitting in the king's gate. And every time, time and time again, when we read about the man Mordecai, we find him sitting in the king's gate. What am I preaching to you today? I'm preaching to somebody in the today that you've got to find yourself in the king's gate. What does that mean? I'm telling somebody, you just got to learn how to be faithful. You just got to learn how to be faithful this is what faithfulness will do the bible says that after the parade that Mordecai went somewhere after the moment that Mordecai was elevated above all the people, after the moment that he had his high moment, after the moment that he preached his sermon, after the moment that he did a good deed, after the moment that he was elevated above all the people, the Bible says that he went back to the king's gate. I come to preach to somebody that you got to learn how to go back to the king's gate, that God's going to do big things in your life, but God will keep on doing them if you learn how to get back to where you came from. Don't don't forget where you come from, Mordecai, but you got to get back in the king's gate. You got to go back to the place where you prayed the prayers for your people. You've got to go. My God. Mordecai would go back. He was a faithful servant. He was elevated above all the people. And then Mordecai, we find him not boasting like Haman would do. Not doing all the things that a lot of people would do after a moment of elevation. But we find him going back to the king's gate. And when he sat back down in the king's gate, he remembered the times where he would talk to God. He remembered the times where he would find God. I come to tell you, you got to get back to the church. When God gives you the job, you got to get back to the church. When God gives you the promotion, you got to get back to the church. When you get the, the, the house and the car that you want him to bless you with, when you're on the mountaintop you gotta learn how to get back to the king's gate because I believe that that was a reason that Mordecai was elevated above the people and we understand the story we know that Haman was hung on his own gallows we understand everything that happened after that 
Eventually, Mordecai is going to be elevated to Haman's position. And he's going to give him everything that his enemy held. But I just come to tell somebody that there is a reason that God did these things for the man Mordecai. And I believe that it was because he was faithful. I believe that it was because he knew where to find him. I come to preach to somebody today that God needs to know where he can find you. That you don't need to waver to the left and you don't need to waver to the right. But you need to be a nail in a sure place and when God plants you somewhere you need to say this is where I'm going to stay this is where I'm going to hang on God if you're looking for me I'm down at the king's gate God if you need me I'm in the king's gate I just want to be faithful Mordecai was a faithful saint of God Mordecai was somebody that God could depend on Here's where it is, where we live today. When we do a good deed and it's not rewarded speedily, can we stay faithful? When we do what we're supposed to do, when we show up to the house of God because we love the house of God, when we help somebody out because we love the kingdom of God, when we are just being Christ-like, can we remain faithful and Christ-like without getting frustrated that God hadn't met my need yet, that God hadn't answered my prayer yet, that I haven't heard the voice of God yet? Can you stay in the king's gate when all is going wrong? Can you stay in the king's gate when you haven't heard the prayer answered? Some scholars would say that a good deed like we read in Esther chapter 2 of Mordecai saving the king's life. Some scholars would say that that thing, something like that would be rewarded speedily, immediately, oftentimes right after the good deed was committed. But the, the scholars would go on to say that there was a five-year gap between the time of the good deed and the time where the king couldn't sleep. I just want to know today, church, can you be faithful in the five years? Can you be faithful when you haven't heard from God? Can you remain faithful? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Mordecai saves the king's life. They write it down in the book of the Chronicles. And it's in the book of records. It's tucked away in that book. And time separated them from the good deed and the reward. And oftentimes people get frustrated and people jump off the wagon and people say, God, you need to answer my prayer today. But can I tell you, we serve an on time God. God knows when he needs to come. God knows my Bible says on that night could not the king sleep right. it was the night that Haman was walking into the king's court to make plans to kill the man Mordecai Come on. Come on. had he came before had he came after the story would have been messed up right. 
But I thank God for a God that'll write my story. I thank God that for a God that'll write it down in the book and that won't ever forget. That'll say there is a man in the kingdom that I want to honor today. And today is going to be the day because now is the appointed time I come to tell somebody. Don't get frustrated while you're waiting on God. They sung today. Wait on the Lord. Somebody's got to learn how to wait on the Lord. And when we wait on the Lord, he's going to come right on time. He may not come when you want them, but it'll be there right on time. I wonder if somebody can clap your hands today. It's faithfulness. It's Mordecai staying consistent and faithful in the, in the low times, in the times when there wasn't a lot happening, when he was just waiting. I'm sure Mordecai wasn't sitting there thinking about the good deed that he did because we ought to be Christ-like. And good deeds just, just should be who we are and what we live by. But sometimes you got to understand that if I put a good deed on top of another good deed, on top of another good deed, and five years of good deeds stack up, then God's got to see about his people. There's going to come a night where the king can't sleep and he's going to... He's going to call for the book of records and he's going to open it up to your story and he's going to remember you. We serve a God that remembers. To remember is to bring to mind or to think of again to retain in the memory. Genesis 8 and 1, God remembered Noah and caused the waters to recede. In Genesis 30 and 20, God remembered Rachel and she conceived Joseph. In Exodus 2 and 24, he heard the cry of the Israel slaves and he remembered his covenant. In Acts chapter 10 and 31, he heard the cry of Cornelius and sent a man by the name of Peter. And I believe God goes to the book of the records. At the perfect time, at the appointed time, I just come to tell somebody, don't get frustrated with your God. Even when you can't see him, he's working. And even when you can't hear him, God is working. God has a plan. Does anybody believe what I'm saying today? Can you clap your hands if you believe it? Do I got a witness that knows that God will show up right on time? The question is, can you not get frustrated with doing good works but not seeing the reward? So I'm going to come to God and I'm going to take get away from this and I'm going to get away from that and I'm going to get away from this. But what happens with people is that they're looking for the good works to, to, to bring them a reward and they're waiting on the reward right now. Reward me now. But I'm telling you, you've got to get an attitude that I'm storing up my treasures in heaven and I'm looking for a crown on the other side and I'm going to get to a place on the great getting up morning where I'm going to see my Savior face to face and I know I might not be rewarded here but somewhere along the line if I continue to live for God if I continue to live right I'm going to get my reward I'm going to hear him say well done thy good and faithful servant you got to be faithful today you just got to stay faithful 
Hebrews 6 and 10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. Malachi 3 and 16, then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. The Lord hearkened, hearkened and a book of remembrance, which was written before him. For they that feared the Lord and thought upon his name, God will remember you. God knows where you are. God hears every prayer and every cry. Every time you cry, we serve a God that sees those tears. And the Bible says that he bottles them up and he writes it down in the book of records. Every time you bend your knee to pray, every time you come to the house of God, every time you sing on Sunday afternoon, every time you come and give of your time to the kingdom of God on Saturday when you're doing outreach, on Saturday when you feel like you're all by yourself, when you're praying at the the church and nobody else is there and nobody else sees we serve a God that's taking good records and he's writing it down in the book he said okay they're doing good works because they love me they've been faithful to me they've been everything that I needed them to be they're teaching Sunday school classes and they feel like they're not doing anything worth merit. But there is a young person that's in the midst of that Sunday school class that if I can just open their eyes and let them see the impact that they're making, they're reaching a city of Carson City. And we're going to pray the prayers and every prayer we pray, we may not be able to see the reward right now, but somewhere along the line, the king's not going to be able to get any sleep and God's going to remember his people and God's going to open up the book to the page that says here is ARC in Carson City they've done good work tonight is the night that the king can't sleep he'll crack open the book and he'll turn it to your page I'm preaching to somebody today can we lift up our hands right now I feel the Holy Ghost in this house I feel like somebody needs to respond right now. I feel like somebody needs to connect with God right now. I got a little bit more to preach, but I want somebody to connect right now. I want you to go ahead and talk to God. I want you to lift up your voice right now. God is in this sanctuary right now. He's filling this room right now. I come to tell somebody, God has not forgot about you. God has not forgot about this church. God has not forgot about his people. Keep on doing what you're doing, Mordecai. Get back in the king's gate and God's going to remember you. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Oh, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody cry out to him right now. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. God is here right now. God is remembering his people today. I 
God's not worried about talent today. God's not worried about your ability today. The number one thing God wants to know is can you stay faithful and trust me? Can I depend on you? Can I depend that you're just going to be here? Can I depend that you're going to get in the king's gate? Can I depend that everything that goes right in your life, you're not going to forget about God? Can I depend on you today? I'm going to work something out for you, but I just want to know, are you faithful today? Can you be faithful? They come to the music quickly. God is remembering his people today. God is remembering his people today. Every time you crack the doors of this church. Every time on Sunday morning we turn the lights on. And we have no idea who's going to come through those doors. Every time you hand out a church card and try to bring somebody to the kingdom of God. God's standing at the book. And you may think nobody sees and nobody hears. But we serve a God that has the book of records. And he's going to write down your account. And there's going to come a day where the king can't sleep. There are some people under the sound of my voice that you don't really like us to bring up the book of records because you may say, I don't like what the book has to say about my life. I haven't lived a good life. I haven't lived for God. I haven't done everything right. I've lived a life in sin and I've lived a life away from God and I've made mistakes and I've messed up and I don't want anybody to go to that book today. Preacher, can you stop preaching about the book of records because my account I'm not proud of. Preacher, can you stop preaching about the book of records because I don't like what the account has to say about my life. The book says I'm a liar. The book says I'm a deceiver. The book says I am away from God. The book says I'm a drug addict. The book says I, there's nothing that can be good about my life. This book is messed up. Preacher, stop preaching about that book. But I read in the word of God. About a man by the name of David. And David had sinned. He had messed up. He had taken another man's wife and ordered the man to be killed. And this was a serious situation. And the record book would tell of the account of the fall of David. And David, a great man, would make a mistake. And Nathan the prophet would come to him and tell him, you are that man. And we read, we read, we read. This gives me hope today. We read that David begins to repent. Can I tell you today that you have the power to change the book? 
Can I tell you today that even though you live in a life of sin and even though you may feel like you're nowhere close to God, that we serve a God that gives us the ability to alter and change the book, David would begin to pray. He said, God have mercy upon me according to thy loving kindness in Psalm chapter 51. And then he said these words, I come to tell somebody, I come to give somebody hope today. David said, God, if you truly love me God I want you to blot out my transgressions he says God I know I got some stuff in this book that I'm not proud of but God you have all power and you're able to blot out my transgression creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit on the inside of me he said God I know I'm not perfect there's some things in that book I don't want anybody to see and people are going to try to talk about you. And they're going to say, you know what you were. You know the mess that your life was. You know how it was. You know what you were. You can't stand in that church and act like everything is okay. Then you got to go back to the book. And you got to pull out a Hebrews 8 and 12. And you got to say that their sins... And their iniquities will I remember no more. And then they say, but your past is dirty. Your past is scarred. Your past is messed up. It is a wreck. But you got to go back to the book. And you got to pull out Isaiah 1 and 18. And you got to say... Like God said to them, he said, come, let us reason together. I'm preaching to somebody in the house right now. He said, come, let us reason together. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, I can make them as white as snow. I come to preach to somebody that you haven't gone too far for God not to save you. God wants to save you. God wants to save your family. God wants to save your children. God wants to baptize you today and wash all of those sins away. Stand with me all over this house. If you don't hear anything else I said today, I want you to remember this and hear this. We serve a God. We serve a God that will remember you when everybody else forgets. But we also serve a God that will forget about what everybody else remembers. I just come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today that today is your day that God calls the king not to be able to get in his sleep and the king is going to the book of records and he's looking at your account and God wants to let you know just stay faithful to my cause saint of God just stay faithful to the kingdom just stay faithful to the man of God just stay faithful today I wonder right now can we lift up our hands and pray these altars are open right now I wonder can somebody pray if you need the Holy Ghost today is is your day if you want all of your sins washed away we can baptize you in the precious name of Jesus today somebody lift up your voice right now I wonder can somebody pray all over this house as they begin to sing I wonder can somebody lift up your voice you 
Come on, go ahead and pray. Somebody press on in right now. Somebody go ahead and lift up your voice. God is remembering his people today. God is remembering this church today. God knows where we are today. is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. Somebody cry out to him right now. Somebody create an atmosphere. God is moving in this house. God's changing lives right now. God's making it better today. God's working with his people today.
Jehovah Jireh. 